0: Welcome to Hope for Right Now, a Walking with Purpose podcast. Walking with Purpose is a Catholic women's apostolate that creates fresh and relevant Bible studies to lead women to personally know Christ through Scripture. Hi, I'm Lisa Brennickmeyer, and I'm joined by Laura Phelps. We are two friends passionate about unpacking God's Word and applying it to our everyday lives. Each week, we will step out of the discouragement the world provides by grabbing hold of the hope we find in God's Word. Never have we been more convinced of the importance of women being grounded in hope. No matter where you are in the spiritual journey, we pray you'll stick around because God has a word for your heart, and His word changes everything. So open your heart, open your Bible, and invite God in. Hello, and welcome back to the Hope for Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Brennickmeyer.
1: And I'm your other host, Laura Phelps, and we are so happy to be with you again as we continue on our pilgrimage through the Psalms of Ascent. If you were with us last week, we took a deep dive into Psalm 121, which assured us of God's protection when everything is feeling out of control. And today we're going to take a look at Psalm 124, Thanksgiving for Israel's deliverance. But we have titled today's episode, When Help Doesn't Seem to Come, which I know that might sound like an odd title for a psalm of thanksgiving, but here's an interesting fun fact. From a literary perspective, psalms of thanksgiving are closely related to psalms of lament. So, just as joy and sorrow are closely related, we find that true of giving thanks and lamenting. And what's unique about thanksgiving psalms is that they tend to look back at the past crisis or trial. And what's unique about lamenting psalms is they often conclude with a promise to give thanks for the Lord's future deliverance. So Lisa, I look at this and I think, well, we've both had our share of lamenting, (laughs) that's for sure. You know, just like that feeling of I'm doing everything right, so why isn't God showing up? And I'm sure that we've probably got some listeners out there who totally relate. So I'm excited. I'm so excited for today's journey because I actually think that Psalm 124 is going to reveal the secret to our holding on to hope when the help doesn't seem to come. So I'd love it, Lisa, if you wouldn't mind kicking us off by reading Psalm 124 and then telling
0: us more about why we picked this psalm for this topic. Sure. So we picked this psalm to speak into our hearts for those times when help doesn't seem to come, like Laura just said, because it's in those moments that we need to widen our perspective. And I think this psalm really helps us to do that. Because I'm sure you would agree and relate that when we're in the midst of acute suffering, sometimes that's it. Like, that's all that we can see. It is all-encompassing. And the psalmist is teaching us a new way to look at things and at the same time fully acknowledging just how painful and devastating our circumstances can be. So he is not giving us empty platitudes that feel like sandpaper on a paper cut. He knows what it is to experience genuine distress, but also how to find hope in the midst of it. So if you've got your Bible, I want to encourage you to open it up and read with me. And if you're listening on the go, no worries. That's how I usually listen to podcasts too. But regardless of how you're listening right now, let's all invite the Holy Spirit to renew our minds through the perspective that we can get from Psalm 124. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, Then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So as we look at that psalm in a little deeper way, in verses two to five, we can see that the psalmist is describing what so many of us feel, right? In verse two, he's talking about what it feels like when people rise up against you. So another way to describe that would be if you feel like people are criticizing you or demeaning you, undermining you, rejecting you. All of those things go under the heading of people rising up against you. And if that, has happened to you, I'm sure then you relate to the psalmist. And if you're in it right now, I'm just with you. It hurts. It's, it's a horrible feeling. And, but maybe where you really relate to this psalm is more verse 3, where you feel like your current circumstances might swallow you up alive. Or do you know what it's like to have someone's anger kindled against you, to be in their line of fire? Well, that's in verse 3 as well. And then what we see in verses four and five, maybe you were late here because maybe you feel helpless, like you are going to be swept away by problems that feel insurmountable, and they feel like they're just raging waters going over your head. Regardless of what we're feeling, what the psalmist is talking about is when we experience a level of anxiety or of overwhelm that's acute. So he is not talking about small things. And dear listener, dear friend, if this is where you are at today, I just so wish I could sit with you and tell you and squeeze your hand and say, you are not alone because you're not. And I would also tell you that this is not going to last forever. Now, I really believe somebody needs to hear that today, to hear that you are not stuck. You are on a pilgrimage. Remember, that's what we're talking about this Lent, but our lifetime is a pilgrimage. And do you know what that means? It means that you are just passing through on your journey towards heaven, and you are moving forward. And this this current set of circumstances is not going to last forever. And so if that is where you find yourself today, I just want to encourage you with words that my mom has been speaking to me when I've been feeling overwhelmed. Um, This has just been her mantra this year, and I cling to these words. And they're simple, but they've helped me. Maybe they'll help you. Just stay steady. Just stay steady. Just keep holding on. Let the wave wash over you, and it's going to make you lose your balance a bit, but that's okay. You're going to regain your footing. This is not going to last forever, and I have to say this to myself all the time because in the midst of distress, it feels like it is never going to change, and I just relate to the words of the psalmist so much, and I know you do too, Laura, and I wish I could hear specifically what things our friends, our listeners are carrying in their hearts right now. What's the heavy? What's the hard? And I wonder if you feel like it just never lets up. Being a Christian, it definitely does not exempt us from suffering. In fact, some of you are facing those things described in Psalm 124, not in spite of the fact that you're following God and serving him, but because you are following God and serving him. And if that's the case, I just think it's worth saying something that we know, but it's it's good as a reminder that we have an enemy and he is hell-bent. On our destruction. And you right now might be feeling like he is just having a heyday with your life. And it might feel like the darkness is winning. But I want to assure you of something. Your enemy's power is limited. Satan never, never gets all that he wants. He is on a leash and he can only go so far. And we have got to cling to the verse 1 John 4, 4, which says, he who is in you is greater than he was in the world. We have to know that. We have to know that God is stronger than our enemy. That's the only way that we're going to get any reassurance from Psalm 124, because we're going to be reading over and over, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. And for that to mean anything, we have to know that it's a really, really big deal that God, who is stronger than our enemy, is on our side and that he's fighting for us. And I just love this quote from Beth Moore She's a Bible teacher that has sat at her feet for many, many years. And she wrote this in her Bible study, Stepping Up. She wrote, imagine standing on a battlefield. And you know what? Let's like close our eyes and do this right now. Like do this with me, unless you're driving. Please don't do it then. But but imagine this. Imagine standing on a battlefield all alone. You're facing an angry army of a thousand men, each breathing torturous threats. And suddenly you feel the earth pound beneath your feet. And it's the hoofbeats of 10,000 horsemen. Your heart nearly melts with fear as you prepare yourself for the ever mounting foe. And then you realize it wasn't 10,000 horsemen at all. It was one. Your gaze lifts higher and higher as you try to focus on his face with the sun in your eyes. He looks 100 feet tall atop a stallion and his very presence emanates authority. He is stunningly beautiful, staggeringly powerful. His horse gallops onto the battlefield, kicking up the earth, and the rider firmly pulls the reins and brings his horse to a halt right beside you. And the horseman then looks down at you and says, Proceed into battle, mighty warrior. I am on your side. I just love that image, which is taken from the book of Revelation of Jesus, faithful and true, sitting on that horse, coming to fight by our side. And Laura, I'd love to hear what these things mean to you personally, especially when you're in the midst of suffering. Yeah, well, first of all, that, that Beth Moore
1: quote, that will be in the show notes for sure. It is... Just what a powerful image, right, of of just God going into the battle with us that, you know, he's not sending us out alone. I love that. And you're going to think I'm crazy, of course, because what came to mind when you were reading that is this image of little me in the fifth grade, because we had this class bully, Jenny, and um, Jenny was after me. (laughs) Jenny was after me. And honestly, I don't even know what I did. I'm sure it was something that I said because I was like that scrappy kid with a big mouth. So. I probably said something I shouldn't have, and word on the street was that Jenny wanted to beat me up, and I was terrified, but I was also very resourceful, and I had made friends with the other class bully, Natalie, and Natalie was at my bus stop, and Natalie could totally take that other girl down, so I just ensured that Natalie stayed at my side all the time, like at the bus stop, on the bus at recess, school bathroom, definitely in the school bathroom because that's a terrifying place. And um, so we could say, you know, if it had not been for Natalie, who is on my side, like who knows what would have happened for little Laura would have been beaten to, you know, a pulp. But seriously, I do love this psalm. And the reason I love it, Lisa, is because it doesn't water down the suffering at all. Like, in fact, if you look at verse six, it says, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. So like, Imagine that like he 's talking about the kind of suffering that feels like an absolute bone crushing death, and um also the kind of suffering that totally sideswipes us, and I love that in verse four, then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us that 's a frightening image that's that 's frightening and and we 've all felt that right that 's just like up oh, the phone rings, and your perfectly good day has just been washed away, and you 're just overwhelmed, but just as this psalm looks back to reflect on the trial, I love it because it also recognizes the greater mess our lives would have been in if the Lord hadn't been with us in the midst of the suffering. You know, it's kind of like saying, you know, oh, remember that time we thought we were going to drown, but didn't. Yeah, that was really scary, but thanks be to God, we made it. And that's really, I have to say, this is sort of the season I have found myself in. And it's kind of a season of looking back so just like a little frame reference, my family, we, we persevered and endured a family crisis really for years. And while we have not received the outcome that I continue to pray for, nonetheless, I've been able to catch my breath, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever lived like this, at least I know you have, where it's like life is a fire drill, right? Like you're just in constant code red. But what I'm finding happening now that I've been given this time to sort of breathe is I have these daily flashbacks, like these kind of like looking back to the past. And it's usually when I'm triggered by a place or a person that brings me back to the past crisis, the past pain. And it is, it's it's pain. It's so painful. But what I've noticed is that with the pain of the past, there also comes the joy of Thanksgiving in realizing the present, where I could say like, wow, that part of my life, that season, that was super stressful. That was really awful. But thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me. Even if the rescue doesn't look like what I was praying for, you know what I mean? Like, still thank you because I can breathe now. Um, But to go back to that image of the stallion and the battle, you know, the personal battle that the Lord has permitted, because he has, he's permitted this, it has required extraordinary surrender on my part. And I can't speak of God, you know, as the powerful warrior who kind of swoops in on a stallion without mentioning surrender, because, yes, he is on our side, but we also need to get out of his way. You know, God is our rescuer. It says in verse eight, our help is in the name of the Lord, like he's the help. But for years, and I wonder if anybody out here can relate for years, I believed that it was up to me to do all the helping. And I think any mom listening right now relates to this, whether you're spiritual biological mother, you know, let's just go with woman, any woman with a beating heart. I think this is just how we work, right? Like when there is a loved one in danger, if we've had a child who is experiencing depression or anxiety or is just stuck, are we not convinced that our love is all that child needs to be saved or to be healed, and when that doesn't work. And we are exhausted from trying to do what really only God can do. We actually open ourselves up to something very dangerous because that's when we're led into despair and you talk about the enemy. My friends, this is mm, the enemy delights in our despair, doesn't he? Because this is his entry point. This is his foothold. Despair is when we lose the hope and we start to doubt that God is on our side. And he loves it when we start to doubt that God is who he says he is. So I I don't know, Lisa, do you remember? I was thinking about this. Do you remember there was a time that I texted you, this was years ago, and it was kind of a a cry for help. I was very confused. So I had just seen a counselor with one of my children and it was a new counselor. I literally, I think we saw him once (laughs) and he gave me news that was not helpful. And it was basically like, sorry, there's there's no cure. There's nothing you could do. And in that moment, I heard a voice. And what I heard the voice tell me was, it's time to stop. And this confused me because it didn't sound like God's voice to me. I didn't understand why God would want me to stop fighting for my child. I didn't know if this was the enemy, and I was I was really stressed about it. And I, I think I sent you a, a text message, but you voice messaged me back, which can I just say, like, love the voice text, love the voice messaging. And what you said to me was you said, Oh, this is God's voice. And he's not telling you to give up. He's inviting you to rest. And you said, just stop means drop your weapons and let him go to battle for you. And I don't know if I never thanked you for that, Lisa. I'm thanking you now in front of all our listeners to hear because that that was a turning point for me. That was a turning point for me because, um, oh, my friend, surrender does not mean give up. I think we think surrender means give up. It actually means to give over. And because of your words, I did. Um, But all that said, let's not forget the title of this episode is When Help Doesn't Seem to Come. So I share this story. And yes, I may have dropped those weapons, but I also want to let you know it has been years now and I've yet to see any sign of God Working. And by working, I mean doing exactly what I told him to do and when to do it. And the enemy loves this, right? He loves to point this out to me. If I'm having like a bad day, he loves to point out that my prayer has not been answered and I've been waiting and that the help isn't coming. And what he does is he tempts me to push God out of the way and go back and pick my weapons back up. So I don't know, Lisa. What do we do when we can know it in our heads, right? We know in our heads that God is stronger than our enemy and that he's fighting for us, right? Like that's in our heads. But what do we do when our circumstances aren't changing? Like, where is the hope then?
0: Yeah, I I do remember you. I remember that whole thing, sending me the text and and really praying into what what the Lord was, yeah, what the Lord was saying to you. And, you know, something I just want to say specifically about all of that, I think that when you're talking about dropping your weapons, I think the big thing you're dropping is self-reliance, right? You're dropping controlling things you're dropping thinking if I do this this you know this will be my weapon because this will fix things that's what you're talking about dropping you're not talking about dropping the weapon of prayer because prayer is a weapon you're not talking about dropping the sword of the spirit which is scripture which is a weapon like we keep hold of those things that God has given us to help us fight in the spiritual battle but we drop what has felt like a weapon of self- reliance where we're like, I can do this thing. And I just think that's worth that's worth mentioning. And gosh, I mean, what a question, Laura. Um, what do we do when we know in our heads that God is stronger than our enemy? And they're just fighting for us. He's for us. But there's like no evidence of that because our circumstances aren't changing. And this is without question the hardest thing. It is the hardest thing. This is where the rubber meets the road, where we have a choice to make, And we have to choose the perspective that we're going to have. And it's not easy, but it's really the only way through. Otherwise, we do give in to despair. And I don't know about you, but whenever this is what's going on for me and that temptation to lose hope is really, really strong, my mind seems to always go back to what I could have done differently or what could have just happened differently in the past. What could have been prevented in the past that would have kept this horrible current thing from being in my life? So I'll find my mind like wandering to things like, well, what if I'd done things differently? Or what if that mistake had never been made? Or what if I'd seen the sign and I had stopped things? What if I'd never gone to that place, met that person, made that decision? What if? And, you know, we've got variations on those questions, but I think you get what I'm getting at. And usually when we're thinking about these what-if scenarios, we are looking back and we're wishing that our past circumstances were different. And more often than not, we are saying what-if with regret. But here's the perspective shift that I'm talking about. What if we asked a different kind of what-if? So what this psalm says over and over is, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. So what if the Lord had not been on our side? If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, dot, 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 what might have happened? So how many times has God come through for us and we didn't even notice? The car crash was averted. The child was protected. The temptation didn't come or the the guardian angel stepped in. The possibilities are endless. And we might feel that there are circumstances in our lives that are out of control. But one thing I know for sure is that things would have been way, way worse if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. And I'm just, I'm just going to talk straight with you, my friends, and, and preach it right back to myself. Whatever experience it is that we face, we do not face it alone. So you, what you are facing right now, you are not facing it alone. God has actually gone before you, knowing the mistakes you would make Knowing the bad luck you would experience, knowing the things that were going to go wrong. And here's the thing He has fixed your future. He is bigger than your failures. He is bigger than your heartache. He is bigger than everything that's gone wrong. And you, my friend, are not big enough, creative enough, or messed up enough to be beyond his ability to fix things. I can promise you that. And I can also promise you that God is on your side and he is fighting for you right now, even as you sit here and listen. And that means it isn't all up to you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It is up to him and he is up to the job. Okay, that's all my preaching on that. But like, I I think this really, really matters. Um, but Laura, I'd love to hear how this hits you in the midst of heartache, right? Does, does that help? Does that answer your question or does it aggravate you? What do you think about being able to make that shift in perspective in the midst of something that's tempting you to despair?
1: Well, honestly, what I want to do right now is sing Carrie Job's I Am Not Alone song, like (laughs) with you in harmony. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, it's it's right there. Like, it really wants to come out. Um, Maybe we'll do like a musical (laughs) edition. The podcast. episode. No one will tune in for that. (laughs) But yeah, that's what's in my head right now. I am not alone. Um, Yeah, that's so good. I I could listen to you preach for hours. It is it is hard. Yeah, I'll say it's hard. But I think it's supposed to be hard because hard when we endure what's hard. Like that's where the spiritual growth happens. Right. And not just our spiritual growth, but I also think it's where the hope happens, which is really interesting. And when I, I had written a talk for when we did our flourish retreat and And the subject was hope, hope for right now. And it got me into Romans chapter five, verse three, five, which I just want to share. It says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. And I love that. And it makes me wonder, like, have you ever met a person who rejoiced in their suffering, right? Because let's be honest, like that jumps out out at us. We rejoice in our sufferings. Like who does that? Um, I know somebody who has done that. And um, it it was an amazing story. This was over 20 years ago when I was living in LA with my husband, Nick. At the time we had just two kids, a toddler and a newborn, but my toddler, like most toddlers, did not enjoy sitting through mass. He preferred rolling, (laughs) like literally rolling through the mass. And Sundays always began with really good intentions but rarely ended well. I always say that when Lionel Richie wrote the lyric, easy like Sunday morning, he definitely was not taking a toddler to mass. I'll just throw that out there. But I remember one Sunday, I was coming out of the parish hall bathroom and I ran into our youth minister. Her name was Laura Saladannon. And Laura, if you could just picture this, she was 29 years old, just a delight to look at. She was pure joy, always happy. And there I was, I was tired holding the baby and walked by her. And I remember just kind of forcing a smile and and giving her like a how you doing. And she smiled so wide and just genuinely gave me this beautiful, I'm good. And so I found my way to the balcony, which is like where we hid our kids during mass, prayed for the sermon to to be over so we could get out of there. And then and then something happened. And the priest he called Laura up to the altar. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, is there like, did she plan something with the kids? Because then he went and invited all the children to stand around her. And now I'm getting irritated because I just want to leave. And I thought that the the kids had planned something. But what happened was the priest was giving her the anointing of the sick. And I had known that she had breast cancer in the past. But what I didn't know is that it returned and very aggressively. And just two days after that anointing with all the kids around her, She died. And I think we could hear a story like this and think almost like, well, that's so sad that the help never came for her. And yet, what's interesting is 20 years later, I'm still looking back to that moment and I see God all over her. Like, I never look back and see Laura's suffering. When she comes to my mind, I see her joy, I see her smile, and it Does something to me. 20 years later, you know, because of Laura's witness making a shift in perspective during my trials, it's not an option. Like I have to shift. I have to shift because I don't want to be remembered for what I suffered. I want to be remembered for how I suffered. But also, I think we could hear stories. Like whenever we hear stories of people that just are in these hideous situations and and they're still so faithful, they're, they're steady right? They're staying steady. I think we could look at them long for a faith like theirs, but sort of believe that they were born like that, right? Like they were born to be strong in the face of tragedy and we're just different. And, you know, for them, hope is easy, but for us, that's impossible. But that's not true. That can't be true because if we look at Romans, Paul, he doesn't say some of us rejoice in our suffering. He says we, like he includes all of us. And so I read that, then I have to ask, okay, so why? Why do we need to rejoice in our suffering? And again, I think the answer is found right there in Romans. So, you know, for a long time, I thought that the only way that we could suffer with joy was like we we had to be grounded in hope. And I think that's how we explain people like Laura, like she could smile because of her faith, like she already had hope. So she could say, I'm good and mean it two days before dying. And I mean, here's the thing. I'm not saying that that's not true. We do need to be grounded in hope. Like, I'm not saying that. But I am saying it's, Romans is interesting because it gives us something else to consider because it totally reverses this on us. Because Romans, if you read it again, it starts with the suffering. It doesn't start with the hope. It says suffering leads to endurance and endurance leads to character and character produces hope and that's fascinating to me because according to Paul's teaching here hope is not something we're given before we suffer hope is the fruit that is produced as we suffer and then one more thing that Paul says he says hope does not disappoint because god's love has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit which has been given to us so why cling to hope when it seems like the help won't come well that there's that word because because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. So you see, God is on our side. And it might seem like the help won't come, but rest assured, the help is right there. It's always there. And if we go back to verse one of today's Psalm, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, that let Israel now say, that was an invitation for the covenant people to give thanks for salvation. So our psalm, which is described in the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, it says that it follows a typical storyline and it moves from predicament to praise. I love that. (laughs) I love that. It moves from predicament to praise. And so I think if, if any of us are struggling to shift our perspective, start with gratitude. Start with the gratitude. Instead of focusing on how God isn't helping, maybe look back and thank him for the ways that he's already come through. At least that's what I do. I find that helpful. I don't know. Maybe you do something different, Lisa.
0: Well, I love that so much. That that gives me really good food for thought, that idea that we don't start with hope. We start with the suffering and the hope comes through that. Like, I'm really gonna, I'm gonna sit with that for a bit. But But when I think about what I've done In the past, here's what I've told myself when I felt like people are against me, verse two, or I'm going to be swallowed up by pain, verse three, or that my circumstances are like a flood going over my head, verse four. So any of those things, I know that I have got to get my eyes off of my circumstances, at least for a little bit. And so this is what I say to myself. I say, Lisa, it is time to get your face out of your circumstances. It is time to get your face down in scripture and then lift your face up to the one enthroned above. So face out of your circumstances, down into scripture and up to the one enthroned above. And so scripture for me is always a key part of that. And taking more time to meditate on truths like the ones that you were reading in Romans that were so good, um, Romans 5, 3 to 5 taking more time to do that than I am in just ruminating on my what ifs or on my current circumstances or saying over and over again, I just can't handle this. This is too much. I just can't cope. So I've got a parting challenge for you all. We both do. And this is something that we want you to keep moving higher spiritually this Lent. And we want you to take a specific step towards doing that this next week. And so you can take this to journaling, but you can broaden it. Um, in a little different way if you want to, because what we want to challenge you to do is to take a mini pilgrimage this week. And I'm not saying get in your car and drive hours away or take a weekend or whatever. I'm just saying a half hour, just a half hour pilgrimage to somewhere quiet. And it could be in nature. You could take a walk, but like no phone, no, no friend, no anything that's going to distract you, just quiet. It could be taking your journal to an adoration chapel. It could be getting up early, way early when it's still dark before anybody else is up and grabbing your coffee or your tea, but nothing that's going to make noise. And then what you think about in that quiet space matters. Because isn't it so true that we so quickly forget when the help does come? So no sooner is a prayer answered that we move on to the next issue. And the act of remembering is like muscle strengthening. It's it's more than a gratitude list. We're, we're all challenged to do that, and, and that's good, right? But this is something where it's really a little more than that. It's, it's something where we really are meditating on the way that God has come through for us. And so we want to challenge you, either when you're walking or you're sitting quietly and journaling, to finish this sentence. If the Lord had not been on my side when you fill in the circumstance. What might have happened? And let your mind go there a little bit to the ways in which things could have been worse, but they aren't. And you are here and you are still standing. And he's going to give you the strength to stay steady. And that's my prayer for all of us, that we would... Stay steady, recognizing that things are going to hit us that throw us off balance a little bit. But He who is in us is stronger than He who is in the world. And that will equip us to be able to not go down with that wave and stay down. That we can regain our footing through the strength of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, we are building up hope like it's a muscle. And that's going to be strengthening us to get through the next thing that we face with greater strength. So that, like you said, Laura, we're not remembered for what we suffered, but rather for how we've suffered. So I just invite you all to pray with me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, that we would be women of joy, women of joy, that no matter what it is that we are walking through, we are able to find evidence for your goodness to us. Even if it's nothing more than gratitude for the fact that we just Breathed. We just were able to take in oxygen. You have kept us alive for another minute. And God, I just pray that you would give us that wider perspective to remember that even in this moment, perhaps when pain might be feeling excruciating, there will come a time when this passes, when we catch our breath and we are able to look back and see that you did sustain us. You are good. You are loving. You are on our side and you are fighting for us in this moment. You are repairing our past. You're strengthening us in the present, and you have fixed our future. God, we thank you for that. May we never lose sight of the difference that it makes to have God on our side. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Hope for Right Now, a Walking With Purpose podcast. We would love for you to subscribe, share today's episode with a friend, and leave a rate and review. And don't forget, subscribe to our weekly newsletter. This is where you'll get sneak peeks into new content, special events, and exclusive discounts sent directly to your inbox. Finally, we know how important it is to keep the conversation going. So we've created a private Facebook group exclusive to listeners like you. You can find the newsletter and Facebook details all in our show notes. It's our privilege to unpack God's word with you and we can't wait to do it again next week. Until then, friends, don't forget to open your heart, Open your Bible and invite God in.